blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and blessed be God's family, now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. hear the supplications of your people, and in our time grant us your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. to do justice, to love kindness, 
and to walk humbly with your God? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks Thanks be to God. Responsibly by the half verse. Lord, who may dwell in your tabernacle? Who may abide upon your holy hill? Those who lead a blameless life and do what is right. Who speak the truth from their heart. There is no guile upon their tongue. They do no evil to their friend. They do not heap contempt upon their neighbor. In their sight, the wicked are rejected. But they honor those who fear the Lord. They have sworn to do no wrong. And do not take back their word. They do not give their money in hope of gain. Nor do they take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be overthrown. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided, through the foolishness of our proclamation, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are are called, both Jews Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. 
He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to the Lord Christ. Christ. 
Please be seated. Today begins a few weeks in which we get to hear snippets from what we call the Sermon on the Mount, right? And if it were Luke, we'd call it the Sermon on the Plain. I read a book by a priest called Living on the Plain. I thought it was lovely. Uh, Yeah, this is different, though. And I want to catch you up to what's happening symbolically before we actually talk about the content. Most of you know that once upon a time, the Hebrew people were slaves for a number of generations in Egypt. And I just want you to imagine with me, if you've grown up in institutional slavery from before you remember, it is very likely that you have no idea how you should properly embrace freedom. So God pulls the people out. They have a summit on top of Mount Sinai, or if you're reading Deuteronomy, Mount Horeb. Moses goes up and he gives them the Torah, which means instruction. If you learn nothing else, it's not the law. It's instruction. And it's instruction to the Hebrew people. How do you live in community with one another and with God? Because you haven't been living that way. Consider some of the most famous parts of the Torah. Something that we usually call the Ten Commands. Actually, in Hebrew, they're called the Ten Words. What difference is there? Well, for a slave, it's a command. Here, the slave mentality is trying to be undone. There are ten words. And if you know those ten words, like don't kill, they represent guide rails so you don't drive off a cliff. But let's be honest. I can avoid killing you and have no love for you whatsoever. In fact, if I follow the ten words exactly, it might be easiest if I just didn't live near anybody because then there'd be nothing to envy, there'd be no lies to tell, there'd be nobody to kill. Keep in mind, these are guide rails, not the actual road. What a lot of us may not realize is that there are actually two Torahs given on top of Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb. One is what we call the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the written Torah that begins the Hebrew Bible. But were you aware that there is another Torah called the Oral Torah? This is a Torah that's handed down to Moses, who did not write it, but passed it down orally from generation to generation. And it was only somewhat written down in the 12th century of our common era when printing became more available. Otherwise, it was, this was what rabbis did. They offered the oral, oral Torah. What difference does it make? I just want to give you one easy example. Maybe you've heard the injunction, you cannot boil a kid in its mother's milk. I'd like you to know that Hebrew is a language that has no vowels written in it. Vowels were added a long time later under the line. And that word milk in Hebrew is the word chalav, chet lamet bait. But... If you put different under vowels underneath it, it could very well be the word chalet, which is the word for fat. Which one is it? Don't boil a kid in its mother's milk, or don't cook a kid in its mother's fat? Well, if you cooked a kid in its mother's fat, you'd have to kill the mother and the child, right? That would be multi-generational wipeout at once, unsustainable. That actually, that rule shows up a bunch of times in the Torah. 
Why do our Jewish brothers and sisters render it milk? Because of the oral Torah that has verbally been passed down, not because of the text. By the way, I'm not saying they're wrong. I want you to understand how it is that some words are translated one way instead of another. If you know anybody who's orthodox, they take this as seriously. Like my brother, he has two dishwashers, one for dairy, one for meat. Mm. Two refrigerators, one for dairy, one for meat. Two ovens, one for dairy, one for meat. Two sinks, one for dairy, one for meat, and two dishwashers because you can't combine the elements. This is a common kosher or kashrut understanding. That's the difference of the oral Torah. What you're going to hear next week, and I need to tell you this in advance, though, Jesus is going to say in Matthew, I didn't come to change a letter of the written Torah, not a single letter. What I came to do is offer you my understanding of the oral Torah so that you can get to the heart. Don't stay on the guide rails. Let's get you on the path. Jesus is not going to say anything unique. It's really important you hear this. He's going to say the same kinds of things John the Baptist said, different rabbis said. Jesus is not doing away with the Torah. He's offering an oral Torah that's meant to guide you into the heart of the written Torah. That's what rabbis do. And Matthew does something really interesting. Uh, the way that you read Exodus, Moses goes on top of the mountain and gives the Torah down to the people below. There's no doubt that Matthew is trying to show that Jesus is the fulfillment of Moses, guiding people how to live with one another and God. He's not the new Moses. He's in continuity with Moses. But something really curious happens here. Jesus goes up the mountain and sits down. But if you've been to Israel, and we went in 2017, and our guide told us, think about this acoustically. If you stand at the top and speak, most people aren't going to hear you. <laughs> Archaeologists would tell you the way this worked is, Jesus went down to the bottom and spoke up the mountain so that the mountain could hold the words acoustically and they could be hearable. Otherwise, you'd end up with something like in, uh, I don't know, the life of Brian, if you've seen that, where uh, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, and somebody says, blessed are the cheesemakers. And so um, this is really designed to say, I want you to get this image. Jesus doesn't stand on top. He goes to the bottom and he speaks up to people. So I want you to hear, and the Beatitudes support this, if you ever think that faith is best lived down by being on top and speaking down to other people, you are not living into the oral Torah that Jesus offers us. The instruction is, go down and speak up to people. Speak up to people so that they can climb. This is not false humility. It's saying, I am able to help connect you with God and one another. And I tend to do it on the ground, not way up here. Jesus offers us a bunch of very pithy and memorable paradoxical statements. I can't take all of them on, but I want to take a few of them on. And the first one you've maybe already heard me say, but I'm going to give an add-on this year. So the first one is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Uh, all I can think of is this Zen proverb that I've shared. Once upon a time, a student went to a Zen master and said, I would like to learn Zen. And the master said, very well, let me pour, pour you a cup of tea. 
put a saucer down, put a cup down, took out the teapot, started filling the cup. Did not stop filling the cup. It made it to the top, it overflowed, master poured out everything in the pot, and of course most of it went onto the saucer and the table and the floor, and the student said, why did you waste the tea? And the master said, you want to learn Zen from me, but you're already full of your own ideas. So what will happen when I share with you Zen? It will fall out of you and go to nothing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the people who make room for other people. If you're already full, you have no room for anybody else. And maybe that's fine, but when you're full of yourself, you will live alone. <laughs> so, blessed are people who create space. For others, And the rabbi said this really well, and I want you to hang on, because this is not an anti-Semitic joke. Whenever two Jewish people get together, there are three opinions. <laughs> the first is the thesis. The second is the antithesis. And both people leave change with a synthesis. The rabbi said is we, what we usually call dialogue is really grandstanding and political combat such that one of us is going to win and one of us is going to lose and will go away not unified or changed. Now the rabbi says real dialogue is when both people leave changed because they made room for each other. This one's hard for me because I like being right. And honestly, if... Um, if I thought your opinion was right, I'd already picked it. <laughs> so here's the reminder, though. Hey, it's great you've got that thought, but can you actually create space to listen to somebody else? That's where the kingdom of God is. Not in being full, but in creating room for other people. You've heard me say on a different note, spirit in the Bible can be translated really as just moving air, wind, or breath. And so one way to hear this is, blessed are those who are out of breath. I don't think this is talking about people with asthma, but I do want to share with you this, this story. Uh, I went in October back to Utah with a friend I met on my sabbatical, and we were going to do this real deal hiking route. That's what people said when we said we were doing. Oh, you guys are the real deal. Um, let me tell you what that means. That means you go down 1,500 feet in elevation, and at the bottom, there's like a canyon full of water, and there's waterfalls, and you're going to swim with a frame pack or wade with a frame pack, and a lot of the time, you can't even just get into the canyon. Uh, you have to, like, jump. So we brought wetsuits, and we thought this was going to work great, and um, we got in that water, and within about 30 minutes, we reconsidered. Uh, because the water's 40 degrees, uh, my friend had acute hypothermia and like couldn't even unbuckle a buckle. And I, to be honest, was just a little bit scared of jumping like 15 feet into a body of water when I couldn't see the bottom with 50 pounds on my back. That just didn't seem like a great idea. So we, just, we decided we were going to turn around and go out. <laughs> that meant a 12-hour day of hiking in which we covered probably 15 miles. And the last two miles is when it started snowing. Um, we were going up that 16-foot elevation that we come down with 50 pounds on our back. And I'm a little embarrassed to say that it got to a point where I had to tell myself, just take 10 steps and then you can take a breather. <laughs> One, two, oh no, I'm going to stop now. I mean, it was like this, right, for like an hour and a half. It was probably harder than the half Iron Man that I did five years ago. And I would tell you, while I did not feel blessed, I sure did feel joyful. I felt joyful because I was getting out. <laughs> 
because I made the right decision not to make myself miserable on my vacation by swimming in 40 degree water. Because I could see the top. Because I knew we were going to get there together. And it's just this great reminder that sometimes making room for other people might take some work. It might even, we might even be winded because we're working hard. This is why I prefer what I'm telling you. Better translation is not blessed. The Greek word makarios really means joyful. Joy can put up with discomfort. It can put up with inconvenience, especially when we're living into our values for it. It was joyful to hike out of that place, even before I got out. It was joyful to be winded. And it is joyful to make room for other people, even when you don't want to. This is what Jesus offers us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. I mean, honestly, I usually hunger and thirst for junk food. Junk food like, you're wrong and I'm right. Junk food like, you're driving like an idiot, so you must be one. That's junk food that I often fill myself up with, and you know what? It isn't filling. It's not filling. It just encourages you to eat more and more junk food. No. Blessed are people who look for God's version of justice, which is very rarely about getting even. Blessed are the peacemakers. I don't know if you know this guy, Carl Lenz. He uh, was kind of a celebrity pastor at Hillsong United in New York, and uh, his career kind of fell apart. But uh, before that, he, uh, he, he had this really interesting thing that he put out right after George Floyd. Uh, and. It really was the difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Peacekeepers usually have weapons, especially in like the Hunger Games. That's what the police are called. They keep the peace by threatening you with abysmal punishment if you act up. I like peacekeeping. And the way we keep peace, right, is we build border walls and we build chasms and we say, you stay on your side of the seat. Here's the tape mom and dad put in the back seat. That's how we keep the peace. Jesus doesn't say blessed are those people. He says joyful are the ones who make the peace. What's the difference? Well, when we make peace, we tear down walls that separate us from one another. When we make peace, we build bridges across chasms that seem insuperable. And guess what? That will probably make you poor in spirit. You'll probably get tired doing that work. And it is joyful work because it's what God calls us to do. Make peace, not just try and keep it. Peacekeeping is about quiet. Peacemaking is about community and reconciliation. Jesus says this other thing that I didn't grow up in church hearing exactly right. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you for my sake. Somehow we forgot that last bit. So we thought, hey, we can be really rude, obnoxious people because we have all the right answers. And if people don't like us, it's because they don't like Jesus. No, it's probably because we're jerks, right? I mean, that's probably why. So blessed are you when people revile you because you do what God has in mind, not because you put the name Jesus on what you wanted to do anyway. This is a major turnaround. Because I want something really bad doesn't mean God does. So blessed are we when we act like God and not everybody likes that. What does revilement look like in this country? If we're honest, not much. 
of, I don't know why you keep forgiving that person that may not be wise. That's about as bad as it gets here. And blessed, joyful are we if we'll do that. In this way, we get to hear a little bit about apparent reversal of values. And this is what Paul talks about in his first letter to the Corinthians, right? Usually we think joyful are those who are impervious to pain because they'll never be hurt. Paul says the message of the Christ is foolishness to the world because it totally contradicts that. If you want to make sure you never experience pain, make sure you never love anybody else. Because love is uncertain. Often really painful. Sometimes I get out of breath like I'm poor in spirit. No, uh, the cross of Christ says, no, actually it is in vulnerability that God is to be found. This is the wisdom of God. I can't help but speak to Micah. As we talked about this in our men's study group, it's really interesting. Uh, Micah says God is going to contend with the people. And the contention goes like this. Where did I let you down? I sent you prophets. I took you out of slavery. Giving you this land to call your own. I'm walking with you. So why is it? How have I let you down such that you are not pursuing Justice and compassion and walking with me. And I want to say that there's a few ways we can hear this. Sometimes we think, oh, you know, God must be really mad. And this is God's word for word account to Micah. The the technical word is mantic inspiration, that God seizes an individual's faculties and they write down every word as dictated. That is one way of viewing the scriptures, but I want to share very few of us in the Episcopal Church rest there. There's other options to think about, and here's one I want you to consider, uh, and I don't want to make this totally based on parenting, but I think I have to. I don't know if you've ever gone home when a kid did something not great and said to your partner or spouse, guess what your child did today? (laughs) You You know this one? There's other thing that happens in parenting, at least to me, Kid can treat me one way. If kid treats mom another way, ooh, that just ratcheted up my response. You will not treat your mother like that. My dad said stuff like that. I don't know if you've heard this. But I do want to suggest to you one way to hear what Micah's saying here is that Micah is really identified with God and says, how dare you disrespect your parent? This is hurtful. God's going to contend with you, but don't be afraid of God's contention. We're afraid of contention here because we think we're supposed to be uniform. Hear this in the Jewish context where we agree we're going to disagree and we promise we'll come back and disagree again next week. (laughs) God is raising a contention not to floor us, but to transform us. Hey, Sometimes you guys focus on the guide rails. I want you on the road, and here's the road, according to Micah. Do justly. Do justly. Practice justice. Not revenge. Justice. If you know King James, it's love mercy. This one today, NRSV says... Uh, love kindness, but uh, John Dominic Crossan makes a great argument that you could translate this as love compassion, which really is about making room for somebody else, right? Do justice. Love compassion. And walk humbly with God. Humbly. 
does not mean putting yourself down. It means being exactly who God made you to be, no more and no less. It is false humility to say, I have no gifts. It is false humility to say, there is no good in me. Because that's not categorically true. That is false humility. It is humble to say, you know, I think I've got some ways in which I can connect you with one another with God, so I'm going to walk down to the bottom of the mountain so you can hear it, and I can talk up to you. That's true humility. Jesus didn't say, I've got nothing to give. He said, I know what I've got to give, and I'm going to go down and do it. And that's what we're called to do. And we don't all have to do it the same thing. And that's the point. We get to do more together. And humility looks like saying, what are God's gifts? What are my talents? Where has my life taken me so that I conclude other people and how I found God's saving presence in my own journey? Knowing that they might find it differently from you. And that's a reason to rejoice, not to be worried. <laughs> These values are going to offer, I put before you, to continue to spiral us deeper into God's will and uh, God's enjoyment for us. That's why I want you to hear the word joyful more than blessed. After all, you all have been around in the South. What's it mean when I say bless your heart? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe 15% of the time it means something sweet, but probably the other 85%, it doesn't. Now look, there's some really easy ways we can make room for other people this week. And one of them is just, hey, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, which way do you mean, bless your heart? (laughs) Or can we make room for the idea, maybe they've got a medical emergency. Maybe they're late for work. Um, Maybe they learned to drive at a NASCAR event. (laughs) You ever been in a hurry? I bet you have. Did you have a good reason for being in a hurry? In your mind, you did. Can we make room for other people? Or do we just jump straight to judgment? Uh, this is what I think the Beatitudes offer us. And I did hear a clever preacher say one time, they're called the Beatitudes because they're supposed to be your attitudes. It's really, really clever. Uh, but I do think, um, affirmatively, They call us out in where joy is to be found, which is not always the same place as happiness. And joy is really helping push our brothers and sisters up the mountain instead of keeping them at the bottom. This is how Jesus begins the oral Torah that remains with us in the New Testament. This is how Jesus says, guide rail is great, now stay on the road. And I'm looking forward to thinking about and walking the road with you more and more in the next few weeks as we continue to hear Jesus' words. Please join me as we pray our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, 
By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate for the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken to the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and the world. We thank you, O oh God, for your universal church and its mission, and for calling us to serve you and among your people. Continue, we pray, to equip us with all we need to tell others of you and glorify your name in all we do. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of all nations that they may seek to do your will for the welfare of the people they lead and serve. We pray for those holding public office in our nation, that they may be guided by your gifts of wisdom and clarity, charity. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. We thank you, Creator God, for the beauty, majesty, and abundance of your creation, especially for its manifestation here around Clear Lake. Keep us mindful of the holiness and fragility of our earthly home and all creatures who dwell there within, that we may rejoice in being stewards and peacemakers. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. O oh God, giver of all things, we thank you for the abundance of grace poured out upon us. May we, with grateful hearts, show compassion through our thoughts, words, and deeds for those who are hungry, homeless, neglected, abused, exploited, or in any other need. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, healer of bodies and spirits, may your healing hand touch all who suffer in mind, body, or soul. May those who attend to them use their God-given skill, wisdom, and compassion to restore them. We pray especially for Miriam, Kay, Pat, Isabel, Terry, Rich, Billy, Sue, Joe, and Jan. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. The congregation is now invited to name their own celebrations or petitions silently or aloud. Trusting that you are able to do more than we ask or imagine. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. And we give you thanks, Lord Jesus, for graciously restoring those who have battled and survived serious illnesses and near-death situations, that by your help and the help of those sent to them, they may continue to serve you in this life according to your will. <clears throat> we are especially grateful for those thanksgiving 
would like to name, go ahead and name silently or out loud at this time. Lord, in your, in your compassion, compassion, hear our prayers. We thank you, loving God, for the fellowship and relationships we enjoy in this gathering and pray for that we may continue to grow in love and support for each other. Make your presence known, we pray, with those who grieve for broken relationships and struggle to mend walls that were created through conflict, disagreement, and mistrust, that they may seek and find forgiveness, repentance, and reconciliation. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. Living God, we remember our loved ones and colleagues who no longer journey with us in this life. Have compassion on all who mourn, and may the souls of the departed share in your eternal kingdom, especially Andrew. Lord, in your compassion, hear our prayer. And rejoicing in the fellowship with all your saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and all our life to Christ our God. Amen. Let us confess our sin against God and our neighbor. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive and restore and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sin, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Good morning and thank you for worshiping with us at St. Thomas today. Uh, if you're new to us or haven't done this before, in the room right behind the one we're sitting in now, we call it the narthex, are these little cards that say welcome and we'd be tremendously grateful if you fill one out so we have a record of your visit. Thanks for worshiping with us today. Uh, there are a few announcements I want to call to your attention. Uh, one is a little bit of a recap. Uh, this morning, thank you, we had a very well-attended annual meeting. Uh, we got to hear some lovely updates on what's happening in ministry. We approved our budget, our council reps, our uh, vestry for the year, uh, or actually for the next three years, and we also voted, uh, voted with a supermajority in favor of installing the pipe organ. So we'll hear more about that in weeks to come. But um, Thank you for a lovely annual meeting, and if you see a holy smoker, please thank them for the bacon sense that will permeate the hall for about 10 days now. Uh, it is a lovely smell of community and fellowship. 
A um, couple of things coming up this week. Uh, one is this Wednesday night, we are going to go on tour of the Coptic Orthodox Church that is right off of Space Center Boulevard. You've probably seen this for about two years now. It's the white building with the gold domes. And the priests there are going to give us a tour and tell us what's architecturally different and how they use it in their liturgy. I will give you a heads up that uh, at the Coptic Church, they speak Arabic. Uh, and there will be different things like a rude screen and an ark. And if you don't know what those are, this is a great invitation to come learn about them and what they mean for that community of faith. We're going to meet there at 6 p.m. So we're meeting there. Always great if you carpool with friends. We're going to meet there at 6. The tour will be done by 7. And that's so we don't overdo their time. So Coptic Orthodox Church. Next week... Uh, so this will be February the 9th. It'll be next Thursday. Imam Ibrahim has invited us to the Clear Lake Islamic Center, and they insisted we come at 5 so that they could share food with us. Insisted. So I, I hope you will take this gesture of hospitality to heart. It's super lovely. They're not going to offer us like a full dinner, but they're going to offer us a cultural experience beginning at 5, talk through the Islamic Center, and then there'll be an opportunity to watch the evening prayer. And people at the Islamic Center know this and have agreed to do this with us so that we can better understand Islam. Now, you may not know much about Islam, so next Sunday between services, I'm going to offer you a basic introduction to Islam during the adult ed hour. So 9.15 to 10.15 in Crystal. I'll record that and stream it because it is really good to know going in what the five pillars are, just for example, and what divisions there are in Islam between Sunnite and Shiite and why that matters. Uh, so if this is of interest to you, I just want to hold these up. It's really lovely when people offer us into their sanctuaries, into their sacred spaces, and they do it warmly. I mean, it's really a gift in divisive times. So I hope you'll take advantage uh, of these two opportunities. Uh, this coming Saturday, we're going to have our next fresh food distribution with the Galveston County Food Bank. So we gather at 7.45 or just before, and uh, we're always done by 9.30, and we usually serve 80 to 100 families, like a month's worth of groceries. And just a reminder, groceries have gone up like 35% in the last year. Half the people who come through this line live in Nassau Bay, and not all in apartments. So this is really viable ministry that we're doing. You don't have to sign up. You can just show up to volunteer. Um, that's probably good for today. Oh, offering envelopes. There was a real issue with our, with our supplier, so we had to go find another one. They're out there in an Arthex. If you ask for Arthex offering envelopes, we have them, and they're either bundled down by week by month or by quarter, so choose what fits you. We had to hand count them. Yep, we do many things around here. So uh, you, you'll find them in, uh, in the narthex, and I'm glad to say offering envelopes are finally in. Continue to walk in love, as Christ first loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. I have no idea. It's just good, maybe you saw, this was given in memorial of two of our founding members, John Luker and LeVon Luker. Um, both of them died within about a year of one another. LeVon died in uh, late October. It took three months to get it here because it was a custom thing. So this is a gospel cover that um, depicts each one of the evangelists with Jesus in the middle, and it's a memorial of John and LeVon. So I hope if you knew them, 
you will think of them every time you see it because uh, better people are hard to find. Now walk in love, as Christ first loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. Yeah. 
is very meek, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, everlasting God. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, thou hast caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of thy glory in the face of thy Son, Jesus Christ. And therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and singing. against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. These are the gifts of God for you, the family of God. Behold who you are, and become the gift you receive.
Let's pray together. Loving God, God we give you thanks for restoring us in your image and nourishing us with spiritual food in the sacrament of Christ's body and blood. Now send us forth your people forgiven, healed, and renewed, that we may proclaim your love to the world and continue in the risen life of Christ our Savior. Amen. Sometimes we have to dare to be fools for Christ, and that means that sometimes we have to be willing to give food to some people who don't really need or deserve it. Sometimes we have to be willing to work with some people who might even exploit us. And maybe this is as close as we can come to an experience of self-emptying, of living into the Sermon on the Mount. It is the experience of being useless in the presence of the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.